Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bo Knows Business Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Cobra. I am also so fortunate to be the founder of the Bo Collective. What is the Bo Collective? We are 50 businesses run by amazing, talented Black women owners all across the country. We have come together to create synergy, to scale our businesses. We do that in a couple of ways through access to capital, communication, shaping that narrative, letting people know we're here, as well as going after contracts together. These amazing businesses collectively have more than $250 million in gross annual sales together, and we just are getting started. Listen, today you're going to meet an another, another one of our amazing business owners, one of my dear sisters. And today we're going to just talk to her about her becoming story, how she got started as a business owner and what tips she has for you to scale your business. All right. So help me welcome Miss Michelle Taylor of Beta Associates. Hello there. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How about thank yourself? You. I'm doing good, girl. I'm doing good. Listen, you know, well, the people do not know you're one of my favorite people, but they will know why at the end of this 20 minutes. I mean, you are just such a poised, dynamic a brilliant person, Michelle, and I'm so uh, honored that you said yes uh, to joining me on this amazing journey that we are on. Well, um, I appreciate and receive uh, that affirmation. It's been just a, a blessing to know you and, and under your tutelage, has it really has helped my growth. Uh, so it, I couldn't possibly have said no when you called and asked to join the the collective it's it's been a rewarding experience and it's only been what three months so far i know well <laughs> see when you get black women in a room together you and know? give us all of the assignment i mean we're gonna knock it out of the water all of right of course so okay. listen i want you to you know i have had a couple of our both sisters on and the way we're going to flow today is really, really basic. I want to spend a few minutes really on your becoming story. Um, you know, we all love and admire Michelle Obama. She wrote an amazing book and really talk, talked about her journey, because I think um, that's so important that we all know that people didn't just wake up, you know, Beyonce or Michelle Taylor, right? They, they had a journey. And once we see the commonalities of that journey, that is so inspiring to people. So what I want to do is I want to take you way back. I want to see what the first chapter of your becoming story was, Michelle. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and not not only just, you know, where you're from, tell us about your family, but is there something in hindsight that you saw as a young girl that prepared or, or paved the way for you being an entrepreneur today? Oh boy. All right. Going way back. Uh, <laughs> well, my roots are uh, from uh, outside of Pittsburgh, small steel town. 
uh, called Aliquippa. That's where uh, I was. Well, I wasn't born in Aliquippa, but Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Spent my summers there. Um, my mother and father divorced when I was three. So uh, my mother made the decision to move us to another part of Pennsylvania. So I did not have a relationship with my father until much later in my, my uh, life's journey. So I was raised by a fiercely independent, strong, strong Black woman. My mother uh, really had several health challenges. So as a child, a lot of my recollections have, were in ERs, just you know, waiting to find out, is my mother going to be okay? You know, and that was quite terrifying as a, as a young person, you know, that uncertainty of whether the, the life force, you know, next to God, is she going to be okay? And to watch her struggle and push through really was the germination of my strength and, and my tenacity. Um, she was, uh, fiercely independent, as I said, she was very motivated. She was very ambitious. So really I get my, um, my, uh, just courage and my courage and and strength from, from watching her. She was it just you two or did you have siblings? Well, I have, uh, siblings, uh, but I met them later in life. My, my dad remarried and had, had a family. So that, that's a, a, a total different chapter. Very, just an immense blessing in my life. But for most of my, uh, journey as a child through my teenage years, it was just me and my mother. I used to say we were Thelma and Louise. (laughs) You know, we would just go on these adventures and just live life. And despite her health challenges, my mother was very, insightful and very um, giving from a community service perspective. And she had worked in uh, education. She'd worked in uh, the nonprofit sector. And then she decided to launch her own company, Beta Associates, which I am now the uh, CEO of. And she started it in the basement of our townhome the year that I was set to go to college, actually the the spring before I was going to Syracuse University. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to start this company now? You know, I'm trying to go to college. Exactly. Um, But she she made it work and uh, got me through my four years at Syracuse. And she grew Beta from the basement of our townhome at the time into a multi-million dollar company. And so, you know, she really set the stage. The bar was quite high. The bar was quite high. Now, let let me ask you. Okay, so we we see you, you know, riding and dying. You you know, Thelma and Louise in your first chapter. The second chapter, you're in college. So you're at at Syracuse. Were you, what was your major in, in college? And were you tied in any way to your mom's business? Or were you kind of living your best party life? In New York, girl. Oh, no. I So government contracting was never an aspiration of mine, which is what beta is. And uh, I'm a creative to my core. So I went to school for, well, the degree is producing for the electronic media, which is producing for television and film. And so I always had a passion for documentary filmmaking. In Mm -hmm. high school, that was my passion. And in college, that's what I pursued. I went to, I did an internship in London at the BBC and Channel 4 Television, uh, graduated, went back and uh, lived there for almost a year. Just, you know, documentary, you think, oh, the Brits know how to do it the best. Um, so 
This is so great. I had absolutely no idea. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I just had visions of being this award-winning documentary filmmaker. So when I came back stateside, I uh, was hired at National Geographic Television as an, well, as an intern. Mm -hmm. And I worked my way up from my internship to story coordinator, to researcher, to associate producer. And uh, it was a dream job. You know, I always said that once you're a producer there, you die there. I mean, oh who would God. leave a production, a producer job at Nat Geo? So I kind of saw that for me, my ceiling was the associate producer level. So my mother uh, had asked me if I would consider coming to Beta to help her produce at the time a video conference on HIV in the black community okay. with at the time for former Surgeon General, Dr. David Satcher. Yeah. And so I, I didn't know what was going on as far as the HIV epidemic in the black community. So I said, sure. And I came on board. I thought I would go back to Nat Geo, uh, produce the video conference and just hearing the devastation and the, the rising infection rates and the lack of testing and, and awareness, I didn't go back. I just felt that this was where I was meant to be from just a sheer uh, community health, public health standpoint, that the, the situation was quite dire. And I wanted to see if I could take my creative skills to educate people in a way that messaging and information could be received to change outcomes, to encourage people to become tested, to reduce the stigma or break the stigma. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I love this for so many reasons. I've known you for years, but it shows how when you focus on one aspect of someone, you know, I, I met you after you had already become and just knowing your journey is just so empowering. So, so let's fast forward to, you know, the next chapter, which is your most recent chapter. I do know this part of the story and this is where we intersect. So now you're with your mom's company, you're feeling that there is a purpose, you're blending uh, your natural gifts and strengths for storytelling. And, and then what happens? So in so I joined Beta in 1999 and I uh, was the communications director. And in 2008, my mother passed away. And at the time, she had worked very hard to try to sell the company. There was a deal on the table. She had signed the letter of intent mm -hmm. literally five days before she passed away. She had oh, mustered yeah. up enough strength. She told me that she did not want this to be my burden, that that was her dream. She wanted me to live my life and do my creative pursuits and not to let beta be what I needed to do. She looked me in my eye. She had my mentor come to the house to hear her tell me that beta is not her legacy, that I am her legacy. Mm. When she signed the letter of intent, she said, let it go. I can't do this anymore, but let this go. So when she passed, uh, uh, one of her financial advisors, he was very passionate about Beta. He believed in Beta. And he pulled me to the side and he said, you know, they're stealing your company. Mm. And so for me, hearing those words, yes. you know, wait, what do you mean they're stealing my company? My mother worked too hard. She sacrificed too much. So I didn't I didn't move forward with the sale. Um, here we are. <laughs> um, didn't move forward. You said that was 2009. 2008. In eight. Okay. 2008. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 
And so, so more than 10, more than 10 years, yes, almost 15, 14, 14, 14 years. years. Yep. This April 24th, my mother passed away. So we're, we're going wow. on 14 years that I've been in the leadership role. I was not groomed for this. You know, we agreed early on that government yes. contracting was so not what I wanted to not do. Jam, girl. <laughs> not jam. But, but, but for any government reps that are out there, I love, love, love it now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All those contracting. <laughs> Right. Oh, wow. So, so it's an incredible, it's an incredible story. It, it takes such courage, you know, such, such courage. When I hear you say that, um, such, um, I say altruism. I mean, that is, uh, a, a dear sacrifice, you know, to continue your mom's legacy again, not, really looking at the operational uh, aspect of the business. Let's, let's now, I think that's a great um, segue to, you know, what is beta? Um, and then let's, let's spend this next um, section of, of our time together talking about what it is, you know, what your vision for it um, will be lessons learned, all that kind of good stuff. Cause I'm sure, you know, um, between, you know, over the last 14 years, you have learned some lessons, girl. You were, you, you said you weren't groomed, but you sure grew into an amazing CEO. So, so tell me what were some of those early lessons and, and, and give me an early lesson and a big story about a lesson learned early on. Okay, so the lessons are many, so I got to be succinct here. So I would say because my entrepreneurial path or business ownership path is very different from most, uh, one of the painful lessons that I learned was when my mother passed away, because I did not know enough about business ownership, management, leadership, I was deer caught in the headlights. Mm -hmm. I, I knew nothing. I mean, I didn't know. The only thing I knew was looking at uh, your your income statement. If it was a negative at the end of the month, that was not good. That's a bad that, that thing. <laughs> of my knowledge. So I realized very quickly that I had to surround myself with people who knew more than I did yes. in order to keep things moving forward. And so I had a trusted group of, I call them gladiators mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, got in the arena with me and were willing to have my back to trust that as I grew, they would grow as well. And we just moved, moved the company forward. But in the process, because I didn't know a lot, I tried to emulate what my mother did. And she mm -hmm. was such a force. You know, I always used to say, I'm, I'm trying to, what would Wilhelmina do? What would Wilhelmina do? And it just became such a, a an obsession for me that I was trying to fill her shoes when in reality, I have my own shoes to, to wear. So I always have, I have this saying, a lesson learned is you have your own heels to wear. It's just yes. a matter of having that grace and the patience to learn how to walk conf confidently in them. And so for me, you know, it was a slow process. But look, but I, 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 I want to pause you there because that is a journey that we all have kind of stepping into our own identity and not shadowing someone else. Um, I was just telling someone, I always think about Oprah emulating Barbara Walters. And when it was her epiphany, she was like, I'm just going to be my own person. Lenny Kravitz, he had changed his name. He was doing a whole nother sound. He was like, I'm just going to be myself. And that's when 
he exploded. What was a specific moment where you're like, you know what? I love Wilhelmina, but I am Michelle and this is this is what I want to do. Was there a lightning bolt, oh. a light bolt moment for you? There absolutely was. So uh, at the time when my mother passed away, we had space, office space in Bethesda. Okay. And for those who don't know, Bethesda, Maryland is a very high uh, economic area, high rent district. And so um, our uh, landlord was very gracious to maintain our lease at this, the, the same rate for years, but he had to, he's a business owner. So he had to uh, increase the rates. And I just thought this is not sustainable. And so I went back to my, well, what will Wilhelmina do? What will Wilhelmina do? And I was sitting in, and I, I said it at the time, I'm sitting at her desk in her office, surrounded by her things. I hadn't changed very much. And it was at that moment that a voice just said, no, Michelle, what do you want to do? What do you feel is the best decision? And so with that, we right-sized and relocated to downtown Silver Spring, which was more affordable and reasonable for where we were at the time. So that was a very clear, distinct I moment. I love it. I love it. And you've been in that space, what, at least? Well, actually, we were there for about four or five years, but then I made another business decision. And, you know, most of our leadership team was housed there, but a lot of our staff were either already working remotely or they were working at government sites. So I decided that we should just go completely virtual. So we have been virtual since I want to say 2018. And you guys were two, two years prepared yeah. All the foolishness, right? Yeah, we we um had been in we have co-working space. You know, okay. we do have dedicated like two or three offices that we go to when need be, access to a conference room. But for the most part, everyone works remotely and it, and it's worked quite well. And it I mean, it's had to in in these times that we're in now. Absolutely. I mean, I uh, uh, applauding you again for your vision and your courage. Vision and courage. Um really and you know, it cannot go without saying that, yes, you had trusted advisors who counseled you and then you trust your judgment with counsel to make decisions. I think that that is a reoccurring theme that I that I hear with a lot of entrepreneurs. Never be the smartest person in the room, but then there is a piece of you that you at a certain point, a leader's got to lead, right? You got to make that decision and kind of live with um, it for, for better or worse, but it looks like it's turned out very well for you. Well, by God's grace. <laughs> All right. So listen, so we have a, a couple more minutes. I'm going to I'm going to um, use my liberty because we've been doing so well here. We, we are almost at time. But I want to talk a couple things about, again, what type of business. Let's get for clarity. What type of business beta is. You mentioned government contracting, but give me that great elevator pitch in terms of what what you all do, what you provide, how many team members that you have, and tell us your best client, your biggest your biggest client and what you do for them. Oh, boy. Well, uh, Beta Associates is a professional services firm, and that really is um, a catch-all. We, we provide communications and outreach, conference and event management, peer review support, and technical assistance and training services. So we like to say that we 
work with our clients to produce events, messages, and materials that matter. So a lot of times we're working collaboratively with our clients to amplify their messages, address challenges, but also helping them figure out how best to engage the community and the audiences that they serve. I love it. I love it. So, so as a government contractor, right? I, I'm in, in listening to you. I know that you have done communications work on uh, health and human service related um, initiatives. Tell us, you know, for those out here that are like, "Hey, I love communications. I'm a I'm a one man band." Would you offer any advice in terms of kind of scaling, even though we know your background, but, you know, take that lens off. You have people out there. We really want to help these um, young entrepreneurs uh, scale their business. What is one strategic thing you you give them for those in your industry and, and beyond? Oh, let's see. I would say... Um... Well, to, to give an example and going back to your question about one of our best clients, I love all of our clients. Let me just put that out there. But I can say a uh, lesson learned from a communication standpoint, starting out, my first client is still with us today. So 1999 to 2021. Oh, Lord. 2022. <laughs> Yes, I would say it really was relationship. You know, mm -hmm. this client trusted Beta, really knew our capabilities, sought us out for our strategic thinking, our thought leadership, and he really believed in our capabilities. And it really was through relationship building. Um, you know, and of course, quality service. Always, I always say proof is in performance. So, and as a black owned business, it feels like we always have to work harder to prove our capabilities. So I always encourage uh, young entrepreneurs, specifically Black entrepreneurs, you got to show up and, and, and the proof is in performance. You, you got to be ready for prime time. Um, be as responsive as you can, be as flexible as you can. And that flexibility sometimes can be a double-edged sword because once a client sees that you're available, flexible, that you can pull rabbits out of the hat, that's the norm. So it's a little balancing act that you have to do. But I would say if you can really build strong relationships with your client, that really is a key to growth because there's always something else when you listen hard enough that they need that you can hone in on and say, well, have you thought about this? And what about that? And, you know, that's that organic growth. So, you know, once you're in, if you can really parlay that into expansion and that organic growth, I, I think that's one of the keys. Oh, that was a pearl, girl. That was a perfect pearl. Perfect. I'm going to take notes. That's going to be your quotable quote there because it's so true. You know, you you give that dynamic service and whether you're you're black, you're man or woman, um, just outstanding relationships, being a resource to your best clients. And then those add on services, that creative thinking, they already like, know and trust you. Right. So they'll trust you with more. I think that's an excellent um, kind of a gem 
for us to leave with. Um, we are almost at time. I want to give you one good minute to talk about what the Bow Collective means to you um, and tell us a little bit about your subcommittee where you are our gladiator for our business owners here. Okay. Well, the Bow Collective for me has been affirming. Uh, you know, being a business owner, a black woman business owner specifically, it's lonely. Um, you know, it, it has its rewards. I'm not complaining. I know that I am blessed beyond measure. However, it, it can be lonely at times. I, I have a great group of sister girls that I love that have my back. Yet at times they don't understand necessarily some of the things that keep me up at night. So becoming a part of Bo has been very affirming. At the inaugural conference that we attended, I was really moved by just the power in the room because as Black women, we know Black women and young Black girls are the least protected population or demographic in this country. So to see all of the women that were gathered in our emerald green and just knowing what our revenues were and what we were doing and how we were shaping narratives and impacting communities, that was very affirming. So I'm just, I'm excited by just the the connection and the networking and the the encouragement that we can offer one another and then of course business growth how can we augment and build capacity and help one another i i just see such a transformative movement that that Bo can have on uh black women business owners in this country and beyond thank you so much I, i'm gonna give you the last word i know that our um our followers would love to connect with you? How can they learn more about you and stay connected with you? Okay. So our website is www.beta and that's B-E-T-A-H.com. We're also on LinkedIn at Beta Associates. We're on Facebook at Beta Associates, and you can always reach me via email at mtaylor at beta.com. Thank you so much, so, so much for your transparency, your vulnerability, and your strength, sister. I'm so glad uh, to know you and to work alongside you in this amazing journey we're on. Oh, well, thank you, Nick. This has been truly a pleasure and just a, a wonderful relationship that we forged. I just, I'm so blessed to know you and, and the visionary that you are. Thank you, sister. Thank you so much. And that does it for today's edition of the Bow Collective, the Bow Knows Business. I am so delighted that you all are on this journey. You're going to meet each and every one of our sisters every week here uh, at what time are we going to meet? We're going to meet at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Visit us on thebowcollective.org for more information. You can, uh, again, sign up for our podcast, our newsletters. We'll have events. We're so happy to know you. We're so happy to work with you. And we're so happy that you're joining us. Thank you so much. Take care.